This is Jared Fishman, and you're listening to the 20-Sided Gamified Podcast. The past 20 years, I've blended games and education together in the classroom. I'm a history teacher, a game-based learning specialist, and I serve on the board of HMGS NextGen Inc. and the North American Simulations and Games Association. I'm looking to broaden my own knowledge of game-based learning by talking to the people that do it best. Pull up a chair, get your dice ready, and enjoy the ride. Friends, as we all know, life in the modern world can be pretty tough sometimes. Whether it's that overwhelmed feeling caused by the 24-hour news cycle or that exhausted keeping up with the Joneses marathon that many people feel like they're running on a daily basis, or simply trying to get by day in and day out. The good news is that there are now platforms designed to provide us with the support we need. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, is a wonderful resource that's purposely designed to be accessible and personalized to your exact specifications. With the click of a button, you can sign up and be matched with a professional of the highest standards, a specialist that can be an unbiased support system throughout your week and beyond. And BetterHelp goes out of its way to ensure that your needs are met. If the professional you're matched up with isn't working out, BetterHelp will work tirelessly to match you up with someone who will. Here at 20-Sided Gamified, we fully and readily support our listeners' goals of living healthy, fulfilling lives filled with laughter, fun, gaming, and stories to pass on from generation to generation. We are proud to have a partnership with BetterHelp, and we hope you'll look into this wonderful opportunity and resource at a time where we all may need a little boost. Signing up for BetterHelp has never been easier. Go to betterhelp.com slash 20sidedgamified to learn more and sign up at a 10% discount for your first month. You can also gain access to BetterHelp through the link provided in our show notes. Thank you so much. What's up there, 20-Sided Game 5 podcast fans? Your loyal host, Jared Fishman. And your loyal co-host, arguably the best co-host in the world, Kelly McManus. By the way, friends, you can see how uh, Mr. McManus here is he's getting big in his britches. <laughs> he's been mocking me incessantly. Um, I'm old. And the 20,000 steps that I took today, it was a lot. Let's do 20,000 more. Yeah, I am wrecked right now. The good news is my voice is fine. And a couple of things that I want to say before we really roll into this podcast about PACS, just a couple of weird coincidences that I noticed uh, when we were basically like essentially heading back from dinner and heading back from our final foray into the crowd, so to speak, here on a Saturday night. So a lot of weird Napoleon things that I really weird stuff, right? So some coincidences. So uh, today's the anniversary of the Battle of Austerlitz. The room we're in, and thankfully, no one creepy can come find us. I can say this. Yeah, but by, by the, the time this yeah, releases, it won't matter. We're in room 1821, you know, the year that Napoleon died. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of the show, you probably already listened to by far the most scathing podcast that we've done yet, which is the one that we did with Matt Rendar about uh, the sort of debacle, you know, for being really mean uh, of a movie that Ridley Scott made entitled Napoleon. So some really weird coincidences. Kelly McManus has been bothering me all day about, again, you know, the steps, if you know anything about Napoleon's army, uh, you know, the idea of just marching pretty much everywhere 
And I think it's very clear, and Kelly can probably expand on this, that I would not have done well in Napoleon's army. No, no, you you wouldn't have lasted uh, a campaign. (laughs) I would have had to rely on my wits. I would have to be like behind the scenes, you know, some kind of politician. Yeah, you'd be some sort of like morale or staff officer with with all the pens, you know? Yeah, that'd be some nice, you'd find yourself a nice uh, wagon. Yes, yes, I would just sit there, eat hardtack, you know, (laughs) drink coffee. You'd probably find wine to sip on. Yeah, probably that guy. Probably, probably. (laughs) That is probably true. Um, But yeah, like all that sort of, you know, sort of aside, we had a great day today. You know, again, a little bit tired, um, but I don't think that's going to necessarily affect our ability to sort of chat it up. And again, just like just like the episode that we did Friday evening, you know, our goal is just kind of give you some impressions of the show. And Kelly McManus is going to be handling a lot. He's got I mean, this guy is just so organized. He's got his notes in front of him. I have nothing in front of me. I'm just basically sitting here like a lump in a uh, very comfortable wheelie chair in our hotel room. Um, so I think Kelly's going to kind of dark, though I can start the ball rolling. I, that, that I can definitely do. Um, one of our main goals today, and, you know, because you're probably going to listen to this episode first, we did a lot of video today. So we, we did a lot of experimenting uh, in this space. I've got this little uh, Tascam recorder and Kelly, you know, picked up a really nice camera before we, you know, came down here. So we did some really, really, really cool interviews today. And again, uh, you know, Kelly's got his notes in front of him. I don't know, Kelly, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think think the the content that we covered today is going to be new. It's going to be, you know, for you, it's, you know, you're experimenting with new ground. For me, I'm using new technology. Uh, At work, I usually work with uh, cameras that are much more basic. So I've been fighting with a lens that I've been learning how to use all day. Mm. Uh, But I think the combination of the two will hopefully reach more of you people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and get, get you, and those, especially at the Wargamers, uh, the people who go to Historicon or really connected to HMGS, hopefully, like, widen your horizons about just the sheer amount of gaming out there. Like, people often talk about, like, you know, this hobby, you know, dying out, and that's absolutely not the case. Um, I mean, Miniature Wargaming definitely has to reach out, but, I mean, we, we saw them yesterday, HMGS setting up tables, running games, handing out uh, pamphlets, um, all this sort of stuff to get them involved. Uh, it, this is a really great time to be a nerd. Yeah, I, I completely, completely, completely <laughs> like, agree. We, we were walking the halls, the, the free gaming halls, which we'll talk a bit about later, just... That like there had to have been at least a thousand people oh, more than sitting that. at tables with their friends and families, breaking open board games that they had just purchased, reading the rules and playing it, which is brave. And I know that sounds silly, right? But there is something about games, and this comes up in a lot of the workshops that I run. This comes up in class when I'm in school. Sometimes, you know, we're often so afraid of failure. We're often as a society so afraid to kind of put ourselves out on a limb, especially in the world that we live in today. But board gamers, man, they don't care. Like they'll they'll break that game out. They'll open up the rules. They'll dive right in. Doesn't matter if mistakes get made. Learning happens. And I don't know. I wish I wish all of my students, I mean, believe me, I've got great kids, great students, but I wish even more students uh, you know, were were willing to take those kinds of risks. You know, it's okay to make a mistake. If you're going to figure the thing out better, Kelly, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely super, super, super noticeable. 
Some of the interviews we did, by the way, really fun. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. No one ever believes me when I say this. I mean, I can be pretty shy. You know, I, I'm not, if, if I'm at a party, I'm the person in the corner. So it always takes a little bit of courage to kind of walk up to somebody you don't know to kind of talk with them. And when we went to Archon Games, that's one of the interviews that you're going to see. And with any luck, you'll see the video on YouTube, but we're going to do a full length with, with them. What an awesome, awesome company. And I would say the thing that stood out so much about my interview with uh, the folks from that from that spot so much in common. And that's the thing about being shy. It's like you kind of have to put yourself out there sometimes. I found out that the owner of the company, um, huge metalhead. We had uh, similar bands that we liked. We both uh, know Ethan from one of my absolute favorite bands in the whole world, Primitive Man. Uh, the company is located in Denver and this particular band is located in Denver. They love World of Darkness. I love World of Darkness. And it was just a really awesome conversation. And we had a number of those types of talks, you know, throughout the day with different companies. I mean, we don't want to talk about all of them right now because obviously we want you to watch the video. But it was really, really, really fun more than anything else, you know? I mean, it was work, right, Cal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I could see, like, you definitely found your spiritual twin in that yeah. whole episode. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, this is the, the exact reason. And you know what? There might be some folks out there that might not like this, but I'm only talking to the people I want to talk to. Yeah. I'm only interviewing people I want to talk to. I'm only bringing people on that I want to be on the show. I don't care how many followers somebody has. If you've got something cool you're going to get real genuine enthusiasm, especially I'm speaking for myself. You're going to get that enthusiasm out of me, you know? And I think too, you get a nice, uh, it's almost um, reciprocated in a really nice way because if you're excited, then the folks you're talking to are going to be super excited, Mm -hmm. you know? And I found that kind of like all day long. Now I got to ask you something, Kelly, because I know that uh, we haven't really talked yet about the things that we purchased or anything like that, but (laughs) um, you got to meet... Mr. Dave Taylor. Yeah. What'd you think of that experience? So, you know, I'm, I don't know a lot of the, all the big names out there. So I know you kind of gave me his background. Uh, I know he was on the pod earlier, but you know, me hearing words and putting faces together and names didn't make the connection, but that guy is a master at his craft. Yeah. I mean, I know he, he, like that's his reputation, but in addition to this, his sheer talent at painting. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, super cool, super soft-spoken. It was a little hard to hear him sometimes, you know? Like, and I know, like, we had a little brief chat with him, then, you know, we walked on, I came back to the booth to ask him, like, you know, the products that he was kind of promoting, and he's just, like, really took the time to show me what he was doing, and it was just really, really nice. Yeah, and that's a word that I feel like we use a lot today. People are really nice here. Oh, right. Everyone. Super nice. You go up to some, like, you know, when I was running around taking B-roll or taking photos uh, for the videos we're going to make or for the Instagram, you know, you ask people, hey, you mind if I take a picture of board game? They're like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. They want to share their joy. Yeah. And again, another great word, you know, just there's just there's just really a ton of joy around this uh, around this area right now. Um, You know, the funny thing about Dave Taylor kind of circling back for a second. Um, 
was hysterical about uh, about him is the fact that when he was on the podcast, we didn't even talk about his painting, which no, is insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, he, he I interviewed him. I don't remember. Ken, were you on that one? No, I don't know. No, yeah, before that was before we did. Yeah, we yeah. that was before we kind of did the whole co-host uh, host thing. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk at all about his painting. He is an absolute master painter. You know, we we talked more about his past. We talked about how he came to the States and the things that he did with Games Workshop and all of that. So uh, he's definitely going to come back on the podcast. And also, too, he's real cool in the sense that, uh, you know, he's a big supporter of uh, HMGS Next Gen Inc., which both Kelly and I are part of. And it had just so happened that when we were kind of standing there and he saw us, he was talking to the folks that run the big Nova convention in, I believe it's in Virginia. And, you know, it sounds like what we might try to do is have like a next gen booth at that convention um, and, you know, maybe run, run, run some events or even just hand out material about, you know, some of the stuff that some stuff that we do. So, and that's the thing again about this hobby, it's nice to be able to meet people who want to see other folks succeed. Yes. You know, he doesn't need to help us, no. you know, uh, but he just does it because, again, like, I, th I think he just wants to kind of see everything sort of grow. I think know? he yeah, he sees the value in it all. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, that, that's what it comes. It's not just money. It's not just numbers or whatever. It, there, there's quantitative value. Yeah. And what we do. And by the way, on that note, you know, another thing, um, and I know that this is probably not in your notes, but it is something that we should probably talk about. Um, so I know that, you know, you you guys out there have been hearing, you know, these ads and plugs for uh for better help. We are gonna be doing in probably January is when we're gonna record these, we are gonna be doing some recordings on gaming and mental health. Because I know from my experience in the classroom, and I know from my experience of talking to other folks, there is absolutely a connection between having a positive outlook and having a positive mindset and using games to kind of bring that stuff out. And it just so happens, I hope it's cool. I'm talking about this, Kelly, but yeah, go for you know, we met your friend Amelia. Could yes. you talk a little bit about her and maybe like, you know, where you had met her? Yeah. So uh, Amelia and I are uh, friends from college. Um, we went to the same school together. We worked together in housing, uh, which, you know, it's, <laughs> if you ever ask me about college housing and uh, all that sort of stuff, I could go on and on and on and none of it will be good. Um, but we became uh, pretty good friends then. Um, she went on to pursue her master's and then PhD in psychology. Um, and she, I mean, her her history coming from herself will probably be much more accurate and much more uh, in depth. But basically, she got into um, gaming as a me like as an outlet for mm -hmm. for doing psychology. So she does a lot of uh, TTRP. Yeah. Um, using that as a tool for people to, you know, deal with their things, right? Because it might be easier for them to disassociate from themselves and, yeah. and look at things from a kind of non or or maybe not. Like once again, I don't really know the details of that. That's not really my scene. Yeah. But I am looking forward to her explaining more. Yeah. Um, but I know that in her field, she's been doing a lot of publications, for instance. Uh, if there's any video gamers or literary readers, fantasy readers out there, she recently published uh, a chapter in a book about the psychology behind The Witcher. Um, oh, cool. Focusing on the vampire Regis. Um, yeah. 
um, from the books. Uh, I know that's her favorite character. So yeah. <laughs> did she do some research on literally the golden goose? I'm sure Cable? she, yeah, I'm sure she did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Henry Cable, if you're listening out there, Hey, <laughs> we'd love to have you on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> love to have Superman on the podcast, you know? Um, and, you know, I also want to point out one other thing too, you know, I also don't want a frontier. I know that's like an old school word, but, um, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not necessarily saying that gaming itself is going to cure all of the mental health issues in the United States and the world. I'm definitely not saying that, but it can certainly help. And I'll do a little plug towards the end. You know, when you combine something like gaming with, you know, some, you know, some, some real sort of professional support from something like our sponsor, BetterHelp, um, you can really kind of get a nice balanced means Feeling a little bit better, if that makes sense. And I'd like to plug Amelia's uh, website. Yeah. So if you are uh, looking to read more about her, once again, she is going to be on the pod soon. We're going to be doing this really cool series. But her email, her uh, website address is wanderingshrink.com. Um, so go on there. You'll you'll get more information about her and what she does. So it's it's really cool. No, very cool. You are fast with that phone, Kelly. Man, it's, it's millennial talent. No, I know. I could not do that. You know, I, no, that's great, dude. Absolutely great. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that hopefully that kind of gives you a, a, a you know a good sense of really kind of how we occupied our time, you know, for for a lot of the morning and a lot of you know the afternoon and such. You know, so again, we don't want to bore you, but you know, we went out, and had a nice lunch, you know, walked around a little bit more, um, had some dinner earlier. When we came back, that was the sort of moment uh, in the evening where we really got a chance to see some folks just gaming. Oh, yeah. So again, uh, Kelly did a great job. Hopefully, you know, uh, you know, we did, we recorded a lot of video. Hopefully, you know, some of it sees the light of day. But you know, we did kind of like almost like a montage uh, video. Yeah, it's totally impromptu. Yeah, very impromptu, All natural. Like it's yeah, it's going to be really cool. I mean, there were probably thousands of people, and what was also crazy too is, I mean, you saw some duplicate games here and there. It seemed the vibe that I got was that you know, PAX has this library of games that you can essentially rent for the night and it seemed like that was where a lot of folks were getting their games from and then of course you know you had little little clubs of people that kind of brought their own very rarely did you find more than a couple of groups playing the same game unless it was like in a uh tournament a tournament yeah. area you know uh I, you know i got to see some games that i haven't seen in a long time so just off the top of my head, uh, Twilight Struggle, which the author, Jason Matthews, one of the smartest dudes I've ever, ever interviewed before. He's He has an episode that we've already recorded. That's going to come out at some point in the next month or two. So I got to see it. Uh, that. Uh, some people were playing Imperial Salt, which was like that kind of oh, like, that was yeah, so, so cool, cool right? So cool. Kind of an old school Star Wars uh, game from Fantasy Flight, which I don't know if the company supports anymore, but you can, I still think it's you can probably get it. Yeah, yeah you can still, still get it. I have tons of those um, expansions and such. Those were a couple that, uh, that definitely uh, stood out. The other, and it's funny, I always confuse these two games then there was a, a group playing uh, Twilight Imperium, but I'm going to butcher this because I've never seen this before. It was Twilight Imperium, that sort of like sci-fi game in set in space, but it was a different version of the game. If you're listening out there, you might even know more about this than me. 
But uh, it was sort of like this really wild, colorful, almost reminded me of like an old school pen and paper type of game. And it seemed like an offshoot of the of the regular sort of Twilight Imperium uh, game. Those were three things that sort of jumped out at me. And of course, you know, we saw some people playing Root, uh, trying to think of what else. I mean, it, like, here's the thing, like, I can't even remember. That's how insane um, everything you know, was. And I don't know about you, Kelly, was there anything that sort of jumped out at you? Um, I enjoyed running into games yeah. that I've been wanting to look at or wanting to purchase and see mm-hmm. them being played. So Scythe, I saw people, like, one or two tables playing that. Um, the Alien game that I just purchased, uh, Fated the Nostromo, was being played. So I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to go home and do that. Yeah. Um, and so, a few other. We saw Dominion, which is always nice to see. Oh, Dominion is so much I fun. I love Dominion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's really cool I, for me. It's just like seeing people play games. Like that, that was just a cool sight. Yeah, that always will be. Yeah. So Stonemire Games, there were just so many uh, of those products. Uh, you know, kind of all over the place. There were lots of people playing. So again, like a game, uh, you know, like Scythe. And again, there's a whole bunch of other titles that honestly. Um, like Wingspan, a lot of the titles are actually escaping my brain right now just because it's just really been a day. But uh, it was really nice because remember, I had Jamie on the podcast as well. He was a really awesome guy to talk to. And I thought it was really kind about him. He's so busy. And the fact that he, you know, took a half hour of his time, you know, you know, and kind of gave that half hour to the podcast to talk a little bit about his products and such and what it's like to really be the be the owner of a game company it was really cool he wasn't here i don't know if he really goes to a lot of the conventions but uh it was really cool to see uh so many of their their products now i am gonna fanboy out for a second you guys are talking to dune guys yes i got to talk to the dune guys <laughs> what was that like for you so it was awesome you know so so uh the game in particular that i'm talking about is dune imperium I don't, I may have talked about this game on this podcast before. It's a little bit hard to explain. I could do my best with it, but Direwolf Games, they put that that particular game out. They also put Root out, which my little board gaming group and role playing group really, really loves. So, Dune Imperium, I, we did about a 10 minute interview with them today. And with any luck, we were talking to the marketing director, uh, this dude, Matt. Hopefully, he'll come on the podcast for like a, a much more in depth. Uh, interview, but short version of Dune Imperium is that I want you to imagine this really colorful board, and the board it's basically a series of different locations, and you are representing one of the families, you know, from the Dune series, you know, whether it's Har- Harkonnens or uh, Artides or you know uh, any of those uh, any of those families, and. Essentially, what you're doing is you're competing with one another. Each family has like a different uh, strategy that you can kind of employ to win. And there are multiple ways to win the game. So you're kind of racing to get, I think it's 10 victory points, something along those lines. And again, you can get those victory points in lots of different ways. It's one of those games that I never can sleep. I sleep badly anyway, but I never can sleep when we're done playing that because it's just so intense in a really good way. Is there a new game that you've played that's similar to that? or is that Star Galactica. Is that by the same company or no? No. Uh, to be honest, 
I don't want to say the company because I think I'm going to get it wrong. Okay. I can't remember who put Battlestar Galactic out, which we talked about in our Thanksgiving episode. We are going to play that Christmas Eve, though. Okay. That's going to yeah. happen. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit like that. It reminds me a little bit of that because, again, like there's that sort of tension where you're kind of uh, racing against time. Yeah. If that makes sense. And then I take a root in Dune Imperium or nothing alike in terms of mechanics. No. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer because I'm not an expert in either game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Root, I played twice in pretty uh, fast succession. I guess what's kind of, actually, there are similarities. There definitely are, right? So this, I, I think the similarities that jump out immediately are the fact that, you know, you're basically playing this little like animal group, right? Whether you're playing um, bunny rabbits or you're playing uh, a raccoon or you're playing otters or whatever, you know, and or the birds. There's just like tons and tons of different groups, right? And again, each of them have a different play strategy and each of them wins the game in a different way. So again, I would say like what brings those two games together is just the diversity in play mm-hmm. where, you know, depending on which family you are in Dune or depending on which animal you, which are. Animal you are, right, exactly. Uh, it's always going to be a little bit different. So you get a lot of different kinds of playthroughs, you know, when you sort of really get into it, you know? Yeah, it really is. And I feel like a lot of these board game companies, like, use similar mechanics for all their games. So if you like one, typically you'll like the other. Yeah, I think so, within reason. Yeah. I mean, mean, there's some that just go all over the place. Yeah. But, yeah, for some of these more niche, not even niche. I mean, they're fairly well-known, right? Yeah. It's fairly well-known. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is, and and I feel like a lot of developers have told me this, particularly since we started doing the pod, you know, you want to have some shared mechanics so that the company kind of has something. Yeah, has something. Title to title. Yeah, it's almost like Old World of Darkness or even New World of Darkness. You know, when you play the different uh, variations of World of Darkness games, you know, they're all basically using D10s. They're all using very similar character sheets and things like that. So, but then again, like each, you know, vampires are different than ghouls and ghouls are different than werewolves and so on and so forth, you know? So, yeah, so I definitely fanboyed out today in a lot of ways. Well, this. you really fanboyed out in the vampire. Uh, oh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that was really <laughs> cool. So I, I, I think this has come up a few times in this podcast and I've been talking to some of my friends you know, to do some friend cast about, you know, the, the Vampire the Masquerade games that we've played over the years. The writers and, and do a pod. Well, we, so it's interesting you bring that up. So I have been in touch with Renegade Games, which is the company that puts out the new World of Darkness um, products. It's, they're busy. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to kind of pin down some of these folks. Um, Gehenna Games, I believe that was what the company was called that we ran into earlier yes. today. So what it sounded like what they do is they are not a subsidiary of Renegade Games. They kind of work with them. Okay. And I know that they hired out a lot of the storytellers that were running games. So what I I want you all to imagine, and we only got a chance to go down there today. I wish we could have done more, you know, especially like interviews and things with with the folks that were down there. But, you know, it just didn't work out. It was mad. Like they're trying to make their sales. Yeah. We're whole hogging up space in the alleys. Like, yeah. it's, it's difficult. No, definitely. So what you want to picture is an entire room, ballroom, basically. There must have been 15 different vampire, fifth edition, I think that's what it's called, uh, games going on. 
And it was just incredible to see. So just picture, you know, the kind of game that you might see in somebody's home. You know, you have four or five people playing and you've got a storyteller, but just, you know, you got 10 tables, 15 tables, everybody having a blast. Everybody's, you know, smiling. And it seemed like the storytellers were really working hard in there because if you've ever story told story told the game, you know, it, you know, you kind of need a little bit of quiet, you know, but this place, the energy is just so sort of in, intense that uh, it was just really fun to see because I and, and Kelly, I know we talked about this on the walkover, but, uh, you know, I got into playing World of Darkness games. The game has been out since really like the late 80s, early 90s. I really got into it in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, it just so happened that one of my college rooms was also into the same game and we started playing the tabletop version of the game there and i mean i i've basically been running games in the same world ever since so you've got characters that were created in 2000 that are still alive in 2023 which oh, wow. was, yeah super cool and and you know we definitely want to do some podcasts about you know that world i think it could oh, be really yeah. fun for people to listen to you know totally yeah, I, I would I would have to ask you like how do you keep track of all the characters that you made? So it's like... great question. Yeah, great question. So I mean, sometimes it can be hard because you know it's easy to lose sheets, but you know myself and a couple of the other people that have told stories in that world, we have some uh, like you know like old school like folders, you know, from staples or whatever that uh, you know we we keep a lot of characters in. I also have a pretty big Google Doc. Okay. With at least in the last like five or six years, you know, a ton of information about the games. And yeah, it can be really hard to remember sometimes for me, especially because I've had so much going on recently. I find that if friends actually remember more than I do at this point mm. about my own games, you know, probably because they're the ones that are playing. And they're, they're living the ones in the world. Experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're the ones experiencing it. So We haven't played in a number of years, though. You know, the pandemic, in a way, the pandemic was good because, hold on one second. (laughs) Hold on one second. (laughs) Folks, let me let me uh, redact that statement for a second. Pandemic was awful. (laughs) (laughs) What I meant was that at least when it came to, uh, you know, playing vampire, what we were able to do was we were able to go on Zoom. And whereas before it was kind of hard to meet up, the fact that we were now like all kind of trapped in our homes for, you know, X amount of months or whatever, we were, were actually playing like twice a week. And then for our friends that have kids and things like that, uh, it was easier for them to play on Zoom than it was to play in person. Now, in most cases, we've kind of gone back to playing in person now. Um, but, it, it, you know, I guess my point is, is that it, it was a little bit hard to recover from the pandemic in that sense. So I think we're going to kind of get back to it, you know, maybe um, in December or January. So maybe move away from board games for a little bit and go back to the uh, the old role playing, you know. Are you going to do that via Zoom? No, in, in person. person. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely in person. So um, purchases. Here's another uh, kind of point that we sort of wanted to get to because we actually did buy stuff today. Yeah. Now, look, uh, Kelly has been, again, mocking me, <laughs> trying to get me to do, and I'm just going to come out and say how I'm sorry, but like the whole unboxing thing, you know, like making a video, opening up the game. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. I, it's not going to happen it's on 20 This, this, is, this is not the right place. No, absolutely not. Us. I will talk about what All the I pretty stuff up. and stuff. Yeah, I'll know. <laughs> I'm just going to mention 
the game companies that, uh, you know, we, we hit up today. <laughs> so um, the first one that I would like to talk about, and I, again, I want to make sure that I get the uh, name right, even though I know the game super, super, super well. So I met Gunta, who is the owner of Academy Games. And I really enjoyed going to that booth because I'm literally looking at it here. So we picked up a couple of games from there, one of which I played a decent amount of and one which I've never played before. So 1775, a game about the American Revolution, and then a uh, game set in the Dark Ages uh, entitled 878 Vikings Invasions of England. They make great games. In particular, the reason that the 1775 game is so near and dear to my heart is because when I used to work at Hackley, which is a school in Tarrytown, New York, a uh, really good friend of mine, uh, really great teacher, really awesome colleague, uh, Vladimir Klemenko, he used to play 1775 with the students. So right then and there, uh, you know, when I saw him playing it, you know, I rolled some dice here and there with them as well, kind of learning how to play it. And he used it as a really fun teaching tool, you know, when he would be, you know, kind of doing not really an AP course, but a pretty high level, uh, you know, course on, you know, the, the the birth and foundation of everything of the United States. So I picked that up. And then, and as you know, in HMGS Next Gen Inc., um, John Spies, who used to be the director of the larger HMGS organization, at least the eastern branch of it, um, randomly, like I had sent him a photo of of, uh, of of this, you know, Viking game. And he was like, oh, my God, that would be so perfect for you know, campaigning, you know, because he has tons of, you know, 25 and 28 millimeter uh, miniatures, you know, for the Viking era. So uh, we made sure to pick both of those up and and Gunta totally is going to come on the pod and do, um, you know, like a more lengthy, you know, episode with us to talk a little bit about, you know, game development, stuff like that. I mean, Academy Games, that just lends itself to what kind of next gen and the yeah. podcast is kind of about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um I'm going to let Kelly go in a moment, even though that just sounds so dictatorial. Well, but I have to talk about this one game. Talk about the big box. No, no, no. We're going to leave no, the big box to the end. Oh. Shamefully, we're going to leave the big, big, big box to the end. <laughs> but uh, So I picked up another game with Next Gen in mind. The game is called Clear the Decks. It is a cooperative uh, board game in which you basically all have different roles on a... Uh, not necessarily a ship of the line, but, you know, it's probably something a little bit smaller, like a frigate or something along those lines uh, during the age of sail. And the game is for one to four players. And I, I haven't played it yet. I only got a chance to kind of see it in action. But it uh, it seems like it has some complexity to it. Again, it reminds me a little bit of Battlestar Galacta in the sense that everybody kind of has a role on the ship and you kind of have to perform your role in order for your ship to do well. The game is from a company called uh, uh, Crispy Games. And if my memory serves me right, they're, they're New Jersey guys. Yeah, they're located in Jersey. Yeah, they're located in Jersey, actually near Kelly. And again, um, I don't know. I, I think I may have overwhelmed the owner of the company because I was very blunt and I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy your game and I'm going to use it for HMGS Next Gen Inc. And I kind of showed the brochure and he seemed a little bit taken aback in a really like positive way. Uh, and then I was sort of talking about how, like, you know, you got to come on the pod and, you know, talk about how you developed this game. And 
you know, he seemed like very enthused about it. But at the same time, like I, I may have been I may have been a bit forward, you know. Uh, so it was kind of a funny conversation. Super, super nice people there, you know, with with the company. And they always seem to have people playing their demos. So I'm super uh, excited to not only play this game, but, you know, get them on pod and stuff. So now I'm looking at Kelly's uh, pile of shame. Um, what do you want to talk about over there, Kel? Um, we could start. I, guess, I mean, I already mentioned uh, Alien Fit and the Shermo. Um, I, I've, I'm a big Aliens guy. Like the first yep. movie and the second movie are just, I grew up on those. Um, so if anyone knows anything about me, at a very young age, I watch a lot of movies I shouldn't have. <laughs> Usually with parental guidance. And um, yeah, Aliens is just one of those movies that sent me from like screaming around the house, but couldn't take my eyes off the TV. So I got that, though I was really spending a lot of time focusing on the board game Aliens. Uh, I think it's like Life in the Core or Another Day in the Core, mm -hmm. um, which is basically this the second Aliens movie. Um, where where you can basically do the storyline, you get control of all the different Marines, and there's a swarms of aliens trying to kill you. Um, but I saw it cheaper on Amazon and decided I didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Amazon. Yeah, right. Um, the second game is a Parker Brothers game um, called All the King's Men. It looks kind of like chess, um, but with a little bit more complexity, but it has basic movement. I'm kind of into like old retro games. I think they look cool, right? Like they have some sort of history. There's like a little pedigree there. Um, so I picked that up. And then uh, I also picked up a bunch of uh, basic painting supplies. Cool. Which is pretty neat. And the supplies, did you, you got those from Dave, right? Yes, I got yeah. them from Dave. So like I mentioned before, uh, when I went back there, I was talking to Dave. He was showing me like his wet palette and some of the tricks that he uses. He answered my some of my concerns about wet palettes. For instance, like I, I'm always suspicious that mold is going to grow on them. Uh, he assured me that there's a ways to like um, move around that. Um, yeah. So, for instance, like he has some copper plates. I guess they sell on the pallet, uh, which uh, attracts a lot of different microbes or whatever, yeah. and like neutralizes them, which is kind of cool. Are you afraid of germs? I mean, is that what you're, well, I that's what you're very, saying? Well, I live in a very, like, humid environment, right? right. Northern, like, when people think of Jersey, it's not all highways and, and city it's blocks. Not? It's No, it's... Yeah, I, I live in the boonies. <laughs> um, it's it's forests and lakes, and it's it gets really humid, especially when you live in an old 1940s log cabin. Right. So, um, like, I don't want mold growing on my desk as I'm painting. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> so I picked up... Um, I feel bad. I, I feel like I just mocked you when I shouldn't have. Well, you know, it's... So like, much... this is your living situation. <laughs> I kind of thought you were kidding. Now, no, now no, I, 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 how it is. I want the 20-sided, uh, you know, gamified fans out there. I'm sorry. Sorry, Kelly McManus. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack. I have to cut far. No, you really Oh, no, 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 you yeah. really are. I have yeah. beard and everything. No, you do. You do. Um, but yeah, so I got the wet palette. Um, I got some really premium uh, brushes to do some better painting. And then I got a, a little miniature holder piece, um, which looks much more comfortable than the Games Workshop one. That I yeah. Had. You know, it's funny you mentioned. Funny how I said Games, Games Workshop. Workshop. Huh. All right. So look, folks, this is, this is probably how we're going to end this podcast tonight, right? With Games Workshop. Probably. All right. So look. You all know that I have the biggest love-hate relationship with this company. So we're a recovering addict, ladies and yes, gentlemen. Yes, I am. I grew up I grew up playing historical war games. 
But it was one of those things where every time we would go to the Dragon's Den in Yonkers, New York, um, I would see the Warhammer stuff and always kind of poke my father about, oh, we really got to play this game. Even back then, it was extensive. But eventually, we kind of got into it and just got sucked in deep, you know, to the point where I don't play 40K anymore. My, my father still does here and there. And I know that he still has a few armies and such. You know, but we were playing not exactly at the very, very beginning, but I mean, we were playing back in second edition, you know. So here's the thing. On one hand, I'm always picking on Games Workshop all the time, you know, because they're easy to pick on. Okay. However, I'm just trying to be honest here. I love the world. Everybody knows that. I love the world. I love the stories. We used to love playing Dark Heresy, which was the role-playing game that Games Workshop had put out. And we would link our miniatures battles with the stories we were telling. I love their secondary games. And one of the secondary games that I can remember as a little kid playing was Epic 40K. Now, over the years, I have got proxies and bought exorbitantly expensive secondhand figures online, cobbled rules together, you know, found old versions of rules. In some cases, found, uh, you know, versions of rules that are more like fan, you know, generated stuff. So when Titanicus came out a number of years ago, you know, meaning like the big Warhound Titans and Warlord uh, Titans and all of those really, really cool miniatures, I remember thinking, man, I would love to see if they actually reboot like the Epic game. And sure enough, lo and behold, lo and behold, they did, you know, so I couldn't help it. Shamefully with my head low. <laughs> You know, as I'm thinking about all of you out there who are going to think less of me and think that I'm a hypocrite, I went and picked up the Legion of Imperialis, which is basically the epic scale uh, Warhammer Horus Heresy game. So I don't know, the vibe that I get, you know, because with a lot of the GW secondary games, you know, they put out, you know, sometimes, you know, they do support them and they do, you know, expand on the lines and such. The vibe I get is that they're going to kind of stick with the Horus Heresy. So essentially, you know, you're really going to be playing battles with, um, you know, Imperial Guard type troops and, you know, different traitor legions and things like that. The miniatures are absolutely gorgeous. Um, I can't wait to, to, to get these guys painted up. I mean, I have some other projects going on, but at some point or another, you know, I'm going to really get in here and start working on this. And it's just going to be nice. You know, I have a really bad habit of... I don't know. It's it's just like a almost like a defective thing in gamers where we never want to just play the rules as written. We always want to add something. We always want to sort of take away something. We always want to cobble together rules that we like. And there's, there's, there's something really fun about that. I'm just looking forward to this is the game. This is the rule book. This is how you do it. And just do it that way. And I'm very, very excited about that. And Kelly, I've literally just been going on and on and on and on. You're just sitting here listening intently. I'm just thinking about how I walked into the Games Workshop booth, looked at the Lord of the Rings stuff, said, oh, I have most of this. They don't have anything <laughs> that I need. And then proceeded to walk out. This is true. <laughs> I also love the, you know, on a very, like, somewhat random note, I love the giant space marine. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So. They, their setup was, yeah. like, 
really, really awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, we're going to salute 2024. I don't know if we're going to have a chance to get to Nottingham. I don't know if we're going to be able to see, you know, the Games Workshop headquarters or not. Um, I would like to, though, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have, like, a full-scale rhino. You know, I don't know, Kelly, how familiar you are with the... That's one of the tanks, it, right? Yeah, it's like an APC. It's like okay. what all the space marines basically ride around in, almost like a Bradley, you know, in the U.S. Army or yeah. whatever. But uh, they've got some really cool stuff. And like I said, you know, there's like a life-size Terminator, you know, here at this spot. You know, we got some photos with it. It was pretty cool, pretty fun, you know. So, oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I'm a hypocrite. I'm going to I'm gonna get into this game. Hopefully, the rules are good. Um, hopefully, I can start running some stuff, you know, maybe some next-gen events with it. Or maybe just, you know, for fun or whatever. So, so I don't know, Kelly. I feel like we've we've covered a lot of ground in yeah. this second episode. You know, I don't know. Is there anything else you feel like you know maybe you omitted or anything else you wanted to sort of add? Not really. I mean, like we had an exhaustive day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you could hear it in our voices. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I think like this really says like that this hobby is alive and well, and there's yeah. so much more to discover. Yeah, there there are things that never knew existed that yeah. were here. I agree. Just the diverse nature of gaming um, is is really at an all-time high, I think. And it's, it's really cool. And like we were saying yesterday, you know, miniature wargaming, historical miniature wargaming in particular, it's just funny to me, you know. You know, D&D was really born out of, of, of miniatures games back in the 70s. So it was nice to see, you know, a nice historical wargaming presence, you know, here. And with any luck, you know, uh, some of those conventions will grow a little bit. And also maybe they should open up their doors a little bit, you know, to maybe some other types of games, you know, and such, you know, there's no reason why we have to be so specific about the things that we kind of allow through the doors of a convention. You know, I, I, I hope that uh, not just, uh, you know, historical war, war gaming conventions or anything like that, uh, but really everybody, you know, kind of kind of takes that kind of cue, you know, yeah. just open open things up a little bit. It's like going to a music show and getting to see, you know, bands from different genres and things. You know, We all but, play games. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, what it comes down to is we like games, we like to roll dice, we like to flip cards over. And I think that, um, you know, without being long-winded here, even though I probably am being long-winded, it's just nice to see almost like a good stew. Like we talked about, you know, for I think it was on the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode, you know. So, well, look, folks, I mean, I think on that note, I think that's a that's a great place for us to stop. I hope I really hope that you've enjoyed these episodes that we put out. I hope that you enjoyed the Napoleon review. Please, Island of England, the UK, Great Britain, whatever term we want to use. Our ally. Our ally. <laughs> don't be mad at us. You know, we. I feel like we said some inflammatory things about the old island. You know, it's okay. I mean, yeah, I think I think they'll I think still love us. They're they're happy to be rid of us. Yeah, but you know, we'll we'll never be. Uh, yeah, they'll never be without us. But we did have some strong words. You know, uh, yeah, regarding their history, the historiography is poor. But that's yeah. another debate. We were just worked <laughs> up. We were just fired up. Yeah, you know, and you know, just to sort of uh, you know reiterate some some points from earlier, just really, quick, you know, before we sign off. Like I said, hope you've enjoyed everything. If you are a person who's been listening to these podcasts and you kind of have been saying to yourself, I could use a little boost, you know, and what I mean by that word is everybody kind of needs somebody to talk to. Don't forget that we're now being sponsored by uh, BetterHelp. 
So just like the ad at the very beginning of the show, if you go to our show notes and go to the link that uh, I've been posting pretty um, conscientiously, if you click on that and you want to sign up, do it and you will get 10% off your first month that you work with with BetterHelp. And we're really uh, happy that that's sponsorship that we have also I'll say one other little thing. Hopefully you're not, uh, you know, you know, turning the episode off at this point. But if you're a war gamer, Cigar Box Battles, one of my good friends, Corey Rand, um, if you go and search them out on the web, their maps are awesome. I definitely saw a few, uh, even at a board gaming convention, ultimately, uh, saw a few kind of lingering about here. And I'm very sure that when we go to Salute, we'll see a bunch more. So don't forget about Corey and don't forget about all those lovely masks that Cigar Boss Battles makes. Kelly, I think we're good. Yeah. All right. So uh, from the bottom of all our hearts, we're going to be heading home from PAX in the morning. I hope that you've enjoyed all of the, um, you know, material that we put out and be sure to kind of keep an eye out. YouTube, uh, sorry, the YouTube channel will be up and running more than likely next week. We're going to try to get as many videos up as we can to really showcase what PAX Unplugged 2023 is all about. Thank you so much. Stay hydrated. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful life. See y'all later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's 20-sided Gamified podcast. I hope you got as much out of the conversation as I did. If you're interested in learning more about the organizations I work with, please visit www.nextgengaming.org and www.nasaga.org. My Instagram handle is HMGS underscore NextGen underscore Inc. Until next time, be well, get some gaming in, and roll some 20s. Thank you so much.